As we uh, con continue our series, it's important for us to remember why the Bible was written. True, it's written for our encouragement. Anytime uh, that I read God's Word, it encourages me. I don't know about the rest of you, okay? But every time I read it, I get encouragement and draw encouragement from it. I draw guidance from it. If there's a question that I have in, in, in my spiritual walk and, and, and even sometimes in, in just how to do things, God's Word provides that as well. Then there are times in my life where it just feels like you're just getting beat up. And you just... And it's a, it's a solace. It comforts me. And there are many other reasons. But I truly believe the Bible was written for one primary reason. And that reason is this. God is introducing His Son, Jesus Christ. While Jesus is not mentioned by name in, in, in every book, okay, He is there. You just have to look for Him. Father, as we come to you this morning, we just ask you to settle our hearts. Help us to focus on what you have for us today. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, but today. Be with your servant, Dan, and have him Proclaim your word clearly, boldly, so that your people can learn and grow. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In their book, Josh and Sean McDowell's book of evidence demands a verdict. We find that the, uh, here, here's a quote from it. It says, we, we find that a, uh, a man or any man might be able to live through the present age and might be able to fulfill eight prophecies. Now, to do so, okay, that requires one in ten to the seventeenth power. Okay, so that's one. Okay, 
Take the number 10 for 17 zeros behind it. Maybe. Maybe. Jesus fulfilled between 300 and 500 prophecies from the Old Testament alone. What's that tell you? What's that tell you? That tells me God's got a plan. That tells me God's in charge. Today we're going to talk about just five specific um, prophecies. We'll start in Genesis. Genesis 17, verse 19. Genesis 17 and verse 19. Then God said, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son. You will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him and everlast, you know, as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. We find this fulfilled... We find this fulfilled in Romans chapter 9 and verse 7. Romans 9 and verse 7. Nor because they are his descendants. All of Abraham's children. And on the contrary... Through Isaac, your seed will be called. Remember the story? Remember the story? Abraham, you're going to have a son. How long did he wait for that son? Who got impatient? Remember what happened? We find that Sarah got impatient. I'm not. Nope, nope. Just, just go into. Hagar. Have a child with her. But here's God saying, no, no, no. Isaac. Isaac is the child of promise. We find that over in, in, in Hebrews and, and throughout the New Testament. That Isaac was the 
child of promise. We talked a little bit about that this morning in Sunday school, or we kind of alluded to that, okay? Regardless of what man has to say, God has his plan. God will do what he wants to do. Sarah initially laughed at him, didn't he? It's like, are you kidding me? And not to be rude, okay, Sarah understood that, look, okay, my time for bearing children has passed. It's not going to happen. Isaac was the miracle child. Isaac was the one chosen to be the one of promise. Now go over to <clears throat> go over to Genesis chapter 28 and verse 14. Genesis 28 verse 14. God says, your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. And you will spread out to the east, or to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. All peoples of the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Who was Jacob? Who was Jacob? Jacob was that uh, was that guy that moms wanted the best for their daughters. Go marry Jacob. He's a great guy. Not. Jacob was a conniver. <coughs> and all that implies. Jacob wanted his own way. And all that implies. Remember the story, the birthright with Jacob? This is after. But what did he do? He ripped off the birthright, did he not? Now here's a fulfillment in Luke chapter 3 and verse 34. It says, The son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah and the son of Nahor. You could, you could trust all this
fulfilled. What does that tell you? These are just two now. These are just two. We have to understand why it's important for us to realize and understand why God said, I will make, and all the prophecies and all the fulfillment were culminated in Jesus when he was born. Why is that so important to us? I think it's important because it leaves no doubt who Jesus is and why he came into the world. His sole purpose to come into the world, okay, again, was to be crucified, to make atonement for your sin, my sin, for the sins of the entire world. That was his purpose. Now, do we benefit from some other things? Absolutely. He healed folks. Okay. He trained folks. That was all part of, but that was secondary to why he came. And I think sometimes we gloss over it of the purpose he came, and we focus on these, I don't want to say secondary issues, but they become secondary issues. Yep, Jesus heals us, okay. He, he does this, he does that. Why did he come? Because we need a Savior. Because Dan can't do it on his own. As much as Dan thinks he's... Now, at 70 years old, okay, I'm still thinking Dan can do it all, okay, and I'm finding out, okay, that just, uh, just this little rehab here on this thumb, okay, I'm finding out Dan hasn't got all the answers. And Mary keeps reminding me, hey, You're not the young guy you used to be. He says, you're not even 50 years old anymore. And it's her way of saying, just act your age and do what they tell you to do. But I know better. I see some of you are chuckling and some of you have been down this route. And we're still there and we're still saying, look. God has a plan. God has a plan. David's offspring will have an eternal kingdom. Here's a prophecy here over in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7. 
verses 12 and 13. when your days are over and you rest with your ancestors okay basically when you die I will raise up your offspring to succeed you your own flesh and blood I will establish his kingdom he is the one what he is the one who will build the house for my name and I will establish the kingdom or establish the throne of his kingdom forever where is that fulfilled we see that fulfilled okay now as much as we, we, we hate this gene- genealogy stuff, okay, I, I know some of you just despise it, okay, but it's there for a purpose, okay. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. How does this give us hope this morning? Remember, you've got these uh, just kind of eight prophecies, okay? You've got it one and the ten to the seventeenth power. That's just eight of them. Here's Jesus fulfilling 300 to 500 of them. Astronomical. You can't you can't wrap your head around that. And yet the same verse, Matthew 1 1 says, This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. How is that encouraging? Power off. How is that encouraging today? Here's another one. The Messiah will end up in Egypt. All through the Old Testament. Go to the book of Hosea. Chapter 11 and verse 1. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. Where is that fulfilled? Where is that fulfilled? 
as we've gone through Matthew now, remember back in Project 36, we, we, we discovered this, did we not? The fulfillment is in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 14 and 15. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt until the death of Herod. Where you know where he stayed there until the death of Herod. And so and so it was fulfilled what the word of the, the prophet said, out of Egypt I called my son. For me this morning as we're standing here it's like, you know we serve an awesome God. Do we not? Nod your head yes class. Okay. Nothing's left out. All the minute details. Which signifies to Dan that Dan can trust him. That Dan can trust him with Dan. I could trust him with Mary. I could trust him with my family. I could, I could trust God with everything. With everything. last one we're going to talk about this morning is the Messiah will be humbled in order to serve mankind. We'll find this in the book of Psalms. Now as you're turning there, Psalm chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. The Psalms have 150 chapters. And throughout Psalms, you're going to find, I don't know, there's got to be 12 to 17 prophecies specifically talking about Jesus. Here's one of them. Psalm chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands and you put everything under their feet. Where is that fulfilled? Turn to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 2. 
Hebrews chapter 2. Verses 5 through 9. It is not to angels that he has been subjected to the world to come, about which we are speaking. But there is a place there's a place that someone has testified okay, What is mankind that you are mindful of them? A son of man that you care for him. You've made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor and put everything under his feet. And putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet, at present, you do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered the death so that by the grace of God he tasted death for everyone I haven't done a very good job this morning, and I understand that. But I want you to take away this. Okay. God and His infinite love and mercy provided a way for you and me and the entire world to spend eternity with him. It's there for the taking. It's there. All you have to do is accept it. Have you done that? It's only a question that you can answer. I can't make that decision for you, nor would I want to. Now, as I look out through here, most of you I know, and 
Most of you have said, yes, I, I've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's awesome. But as we were talking about in Sunday school, what's our life look like? Are we living like that? Or are we just going through the motions? I challenge you to examine your heart this morning. We cannot afford in this day and age okay, just to play the game. We can't do that. We can't. You're talking to a guy who, who knows how to play the game quite well. It, it, it's not worth it. And when we come to the realization of what Jesus Christ did for us on Calvary, how can we not tell the rest of the world about it? How can we not say, yes, Bring someone into my life that I could share this with. That's your challenge for this morning. Make sure that your life is where God wants it to be. And then pray for those opportunities to share His love and His grace. Let's pray.